1: culture, and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision.
0: This is Andrew McLennan. We're checking in again today with Pastor Rob Porter. He's just returned from a trip to the Ukraine, and we're going to hear his observations, reflections, and first-hand accounts from the people of the Ukraine directly involved in this conflict. Pastor Rob, welcome. Thank you, Andrew. Great to be here. Now, obviously, you've just returned from the Ukraine. I'm going to be honest with you, Rob. When I watch the news about the Ukrainian conflict, I don't really know what's going on. It just, it's obviously very doctored. It's very managed. And I'm sure that's from both sides of the conflict. Mm. So I'm really curious to hear from you who've just been there. What is happening in the Ukraine right now? What are you observing?
1: That's a great question because over 9 million people have left the Ukraine. So they're displaced people outside the borders. And then I think they told me that there's like 4 million displaced people within uh, the Ukraine itself, so they've moved from the east war zone over to the west where it's a lot more peaceful and there's less missile attacks and and so on. So
0: that's 13 million people effectively displaced. Yeah, and they've travelled 1,500 kilometres.
1: So it's a long way to go.
0: And that's having huge impacts around the world. I just heard today that... Egypt is going through a crisis because Egypt traditionally bought all of their grain from the Ukraine, and that supply has been slowed down or stopped, and so the Egyptian economy is really being impacted by Absolutely. this. Absolutely. In fact,
1: the whole of Africa, I was listening to a BBC report the other day, the whole of Africa has been affected, and so that's why the Africans are lobbying um, for peace, because their, their grain prices have shook uh, hundreds and hundreds of um, percent inflation. So it's, it's kind of crazy. The, the whole knock-on effect is, is, is horrendous.
0: Yeah, and so going back to the Ukraine, what or how do you think the average Ukrainian, obviously besides those 13, 14 million who've mm. been displaced, how is this impacting their lives, Rob? Basically, that
1: they are living day-to-day. They, um, they, the government has the ability to uh, randomly pick you up in the street and in, force you to go into the military.
0: So press gang into military service. Yep,
1: they pick people up on the street and they put, put them in. A, if you go to the border, you can get, you, there's places that are no-go zones. Everyone, all the males know it. They don't go. If you go to the border, you can be picked up. Um, so they, they're very careful. People don't go out in the streets that much, especially single guys. They don't go out in the street that much. Um, so it's, it's affecting mental health. It's affecting the way you think and see life. It's affecting work. It's affecting the economy. It's just a total disaster. So this is a
0: national struggle for the Ukrainian people. absolutely, And their government's even going to the point of basically overriding any sense of civil liberties or rights of the yeah. individual citizens. Yeah. And they're being told, you will go and fight yeah. or no, else.
1: 100%. So that, that has, obviously that plays on a lot of people's mind because literally you're going to live from day to day. And that's what we're told. We're just living from day to day. We, we don't know what's going to happen next. If you've got three children, you are exempt uh, from going to war. Um, or being called up, but that doesn't mean that um, uh, they they won't change the law.
0: As an Australian in 2023, you just struggle to comprehend what that must be like. Yeah, Did you hear any first-hand accounts from any people who have been on the front line and seen the conflict?
1: Uh, Just a few of the uh, congregants of the Baptist Church, they um, have been called up. And unfortunately, though, there's a... A uh, silence uh, in place, so you're not allowed to actually report from the front. So we we hear we we didn't hear much.
0: Yeah, they're not allowed to talk, obviously, for security reasons.
1: Because I did some research,
0: Rob. Did you know there's 45 sovereign nations around the world providing military aid to the Ukraine? Right, that now? is amazing. 45, yeah. and I'm talking places that you'd never imagine: Cambodia and Australia. Obviously, you know Canada, Britain. Of course, the US would be the major one. But even Australia, we've given more than $650 million of military aid. That's
1: pretty incredible, isn't
0: it? Yeah, and that includes, I'm going to read it out, 175 armoured vehicles, um, 70 of our military instructors are actually training Ukrainian military personnel right now, 70, that's zero. Seven 0 eight large artillery pieces. So Australia is invested in this conflict as well, as are 44 other sovereign nations. It's so it really, really is stunning. a war.
1: Yeah, it's, it's really stunning. And I think it's, that's reflected as well in the um, you know our what we're doing in a small measure of giving funds. Which of course we're not involved in the war effort. We're involved in humanitarian aid. But people from all around the world are pouring in money, and when you get to the border, like the uh, border of Slovakia and all the countries, because Ukraine surrounded by Poland, Belarus, Hungary, Romania, Slovakia, and that, that's it. Um, and you, you go across the drive borders that you drive through, there are hundreds of trucks queued up to cross with aid going in. So it's, it's, a, it's a world effort, really, because it is a very, very significant battleground. When you think about it, it's, it's going to have significant consequences in the future.
0: Well, and it's being described as a proxy war between the US and NATO and the Russians very and their true. allies, who most probably China's involved there as well, and they're effectively fighting each other through the Ukrainian people who are the victims of this conflict, which is just awful. But how's the infrastructure of the Ukraine holding up?
1: Well, um, it's Fed. To, I haven't been over to the East. I'm, I'm kind of toying with doing that. I feel you need to know it's the right thing to do because there is heavy missile attack. But in the West, the economy is holding up um, fairly well. Prices are still comparatively cheap um, to other places, but fuel's massively expensive. Um, but it, the Ukraine never had a great infrastructure anyway for things like healthcare. care. Um, it's kind of every man for himself type of situation. Um, but the economy itself um, is, they're battling to keep it going, you know, because people are stretched and then you, you're you trying to run businesses, you're trying to run factories and that with limited, you know, a lot of the men have been called up. So there's just massive knock on effect. When you're there, you, there's a sense of anxiety in the air, but they're, it, life is going on, and and um, definitely it's not like everything shut down, or um, but it is it is very confronting, you know. Knowing that it, you can, it's, the sense of apprehension is palpable. And
0: you know, you're British, so you think back to World War Two when Britain was under threat from yep. the Nazis, the Germans, and but you get the sense reading the histories there that there was still a, a buoyancy about the British people; yes. they weren't going to give up; they were going to yeah, fight, true. and they had a great leader. Did you sense the same buoyancy in the Ukrainian people that they've sensed they're going to win this
1: battle? 100%, yes. And there is a nationalism, of course, um, but they feel very strongly that um, they, of course they do, they're in in the right, they've invaded their country. There's a lot of history. It's not the, you know, like everything, there's a lot of overlaying history and and it goes back hundreds and hundreds of years and hurts and and, um, grudges and all that sort of stuff. But we live in the age that we live in and, and the Ukrainian people have their own identity, their own customs, their own traditions, their own foods, their own and um uh, Russia's trying to impose that upon them. And um basically they're saying no and they feel like they everywhere you go they feel like we're just gonna fight to the end. They've done it before. You know, they were wiped out in, in the Second World War. You know, they were just, it was horrific what happened there, the um, starvation and millions and millions of people starved to death. Um, but they're very, very plucky and very strong. So,
0: Do they feel like the West is behind them? Like I just mentioned that 45 sovereign nations are supporting them with military aid. Do you think the average Ukrainian knows that?
1: Mm, well, yes, definitely. And, and we were stopped in the street and thanked. Um and you know we were mainly deal with people in church life, but you know every single one of them would have tears now at the re- the displaced people um you know they just they would they unpromptedly would stand up and thank us um at the meal time we just want you to know thank you so much for blessing ukraine you know they might say i 'm not a believer or whatever, but I, even so we want to recognize what you 're doing, thank you for Australia for standing with us and it 's very humbling.
0: And you, Rob, after you've done several trips now, have managed to raise, with God's help, a hundred and eighty thousand dollars. Speaking of humanity, yeah. humanitarian aid, and that's gone towards uh, vehicles to transport refugees. Mm. Also gone towards food and medical supplies. I'm guessing there's still a lot more need there.
1: There is a, a lot more need. The church has been requisitioned to house people, and that's not a long-term thing they can do. So they are actually buying up these mini houses, these portable cabins, um, and so that that is an ongoing thing. That they cost about five thousand dollars each. And um, we currently have an appeal going. We're actually supplying the monthly, helping to supply the monthly food bill. So we've just been asking people if they can spare $150 a month, which is fairly doable, especially if you're a church or an individual. And that's how we've been raising funds. And um, that all of that money, every single cent of it, there's no admin, there's nothing, no travel costs or anything. When we do go over, that all goes directly into feeding and housing and giving medical attention to the displaced people.
0: Excellent. And if there's people listening right now, they can give towards that, they can become yeah. a part of that, which is effectively God's answer yeah. for a very messed up, mixed up and dark world, isn't it?
1: Yeah, definitely. The church is, it is the church in action, um, the gospel. You're seeing the gospel lived out, um, people being loved. You know, it talks about giving a cup of cold water um, and it's really been, uh, been done beautifully. We're in awe when we go there that there's so, such joyful Joyful church, and they just don't tire in giving you their best.
0: And you know, you've got that story. I'm actually holding a helmet in my hand right yeah. now that a pastor who was close to the front line traveled over a thousand kilometers by train to bring you this helmet mm. that I'm holding, which has been painted. It's a former Russian soldier's helmet who may have passed away in the conflict, and a Ukrainian has painted it with some colorful flowers on it symbolising that there's future, that there is hope for the Ukraine. But this pastor delivered this to you as a gift, didn't he? Yes. To say thank you for buying <clears throat> right. a vehicle that the pastor's been using to ferry yeah. refugees out of a war zone. What an amazing yeah. story. Yeah,
1: an um, incredible story. He He had tears in his eyes and he just wanted to thank the people of Australia for their generosity. And, um, you know, it's a very confronting item. It is a war uh, relic thing. Um, But the fact is that it's painted in all these yellows and blues and greens, beautiful colours. It's a highly, I don't know whether um, we can get a photo out there, but even so, it's um, a beautiful thing. But when he said, you know, it speaks to us of the hope and the beauty that's going to come out of this war.
0: Rob, I want to thank you on behalf of all the Australian Christians and even the Mm. wider population for going.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that. That's uh, wonderful. Because
0: yeah. a lot of us haven't gone. Mm. And I want to just honour you and respect yeah, you for thank that you, today. Andrew. And I also want to thank all the people who have listened to Rob in the past here on Vision and supported what he's yeah. done. Yeah. And I'm going to pray, Rob, that God continues to raise up more support so that as the church here in Australia, we can be a blessing to the people of the Ukraine and even people from other nations who are there right now, involved in whatever level, in whatever capacity, that the church through Australia's generosity and through our prayers. And even some of us may even go with you, Rob, in the future. If you want to go with Rob, reach out to him. Now, I believe if people want to support, they go to kingdomculturechurch.com.au. I'm going to say that again, kingdomculturechurch.com.au. And through that website, you can find Ukraine help, Ukraine support. Click on the link and they can support what Pastor Rob and his beautiful wife, Heather, are doing there. But Rob, thanks for coming in today for the interview. Very informative. And I look forward to speaking to you again in the future. Great. Thanks so much, Andrew.
1: Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.